Welcome back to Unbothered with your host, Josh. Today, a couple more big NBA trades. One that I thought happened yesterday got shut down, so it got revised. And another trade, the Suns finalized their trade with Bradley Beal. I'll get into exactly what they gave up. NBA draft is tonight. And then if there's time, I'll finish up with some NFL news and notes that I would like to touch on. So let's get right into it with a few of those NBA trades. So yesterday, when I was doing my podcast, uh, near the beginning of it, breaking news came on my screen that the Clippers, Wizards, and Celtics were finalizing a three-team deal. Malcolm Brogdon going to the Clippers, Celtics getting Porzingis, and Wizards getting uh, Marcus Morris and some draft comp. And I really like that trade for the Celtics, only giving up Malcolm Brogdon, getting Porzingis. I thought the Clippers uh, did good in Malcolm Brogdon. I thought that trade was like a win-win-win all around, obviously. Wizards starting over with a rebuild rebuild since they traded Bradley Beal. So I really like that trade for all parties involved. But then it broke down and... Clippers were the team to back out due to the uh, injury that Malcolm Brogdon suffered in the playoffs, uh, concerns regarding that. So they said, nope, they shut it down, you know, it seemed to be dead. And then a few minutes later, it was, hey, Celtics still want Porzingis, so you're going to try to work through a deal um, to acquire him. So I thought, you know, Who's the third team going to be? Is it just going to be the two of them? Um, of course, Porzingis' opt-in was midnight last night. So the teams were on the clock to get this done. So their original trade got revised. Clippers no longer the third party involved. It happened to be the Grizzlies. So as we stood last night and as it stands today, this was the official trade. The Celtics received Chris Stapp's Porzingis from the Wizards. Grizzlies first round pick this year and a Warriors top four protected first round pick next year. That's what they get. So good haul. Grizzlies receive Marcus Smart and the Wizards receive Tyus Jones, second round, second round pick from the Celtics. Uh, also from the Celtics, uh, Danilo Gallinari, who didn't play this year due to an injury, and Mike Muscala. So if I'm the Celtics, I like this trade. I don't like it as much as I did yesterday. Why not? Because I was totally fine getting rid of Malcolm Brogdon. Yes, he won sixth man of the year. Yes, he has a higher offensive upside than Marcus Smart. But Marcus Smart, to me, he is the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics. To me, what Draymond Green is uh, to the Warriors, Marcus Smart is that same thing for the Boston Celtics. The tough, gritty, um, again, not a great offensive skill set. I thought his uh, playmaking and assisting was on the rise considering it's been in an upward trend the past few years. I've really liked it. Um, the defensive tenacity, the defensive player of the year, a vocal leader of this team. Uh, again, I thought this is a huge blow. Yes, you got Kristaps Porzingis. You got a high offensive upside who deals with some injuries. 
but he's not as reliable as Marcus Smart. Uh, if on the Celtics, it seemed like they were eyeing Chris Stapps Porzingis. Um, and I think it's a smart move because they can run better offensive pick and roll with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, with Porzingis um, instead of Robert Williams. So I get it. I think it's smart that they, hey, got two first-round picks. I don't believe the Warriors will be getting a top-four selection next year. And they get the Grizzlies' first-round pick next year. So that's compensation. But that's tough. Then Grizzlies. The Grizzlies gave up their backup point guard, Tyus Jones, uh, who actually runs this offense great when John Morant isn't in there and has the highest assist-turnover ratio or lowest, yeah, lowest turnover ratio per assist. So he doesn't turn the ball over with the amount of assists that he gets. You like that. He's a nice, steady role player. So they lose that offense for Marcus Smart's uh, defense uh, prowess. Again, I think it's a good deal for them considering they're out on Dylan Brooks. They'll need a defensive tough guy, and I think Marcus Smart definitely walks the walk more than Mark, than uh, Dylan Brooks does. So it's good for him. He'll start the first 25 games. But then when Ja comes back, is Marcus Smart relegated to the bench? How does he handle that? That's interesting for me. And, of course, the Wizards get the second-round pick. Tyus Jones, they signal a rebuild. Gallinari will play this year. Mike Muscala, to me, doesn't have high upside. So it's a very interesting trade for three teams. Uh Again, I think the Wizards have signaled a full rebuild. But for the Celtics and Grizzlies, the moves are horizontal moves. They're not vertical lateral. They're just hop on horizontally. To me, this doesn't fix the Grizzlies' issues and, to me, gets them out of the first round with this trade. Doesn't do that for me. Same with the Celtics. Are they still a contender in the East to go to the Eastern Conference Finals with Jason Tatum? Yeah. Now, if your team is healthy, now that's the the question now is if, to me, it doesn't move the needle like, oh, they're East favorites, they're going to the NBA Finals, sign me up. To me, that's, this trade doesn't signal that at all. So it's very interesting. I'm not as high on the Celtics now as I would have been yesterday if you were only giving up Malcolm Brogdon. Now, the lineup would be a lot better. Uh, now it seems like they try to get rid of Malcolm Brogdon. How does Malcolm Brogdon react to that? This injury, is he going to have surgery? So now there's questions surrounding him this off season that I also don't like for the Boston Celtics. So if I had to assess all these trades or these grades for these three teams, I give the Wizards a B plus. I give the Grizzlies and Celtics a B minus. Then another shocking NBA trade happened today. This one really shocked me because my brother texted me like, bro, what, or something like that. And uh, I was like, oh, I, I don't know what he's talking about. I might as well go on my phone now and look at what's happening. And, of course, another NBA trade happened. Another blockbuster between the Warriors and the Wizards. The Warriors trade Jordan Poole. A 2030 protected first round pick and a 2027 second round pick to the Wizards for Chris Paul. Uh, my jaw dropped when this trade happened. Now, yesterday I was on my podcast and I said I don't see Jordan Poole getting traded. 
uh, the GM owner committed to him. You know, I do think they're going to run it back. But this trade, I don't like for the Warriors for a number of reasons. Now, I know there's at the end, I'll tell you the big, gigantic reason why I think they did it. But I don't like this trade for the Warriors is because, you know, the initial plan was to have this young group of guys come in for them and, you know, learn from the older guys. So then they'd have this older group that leaves with this younger group that comes in and they could have had a, you know, a, a long dynasty. But now Jacob Wiseman's gone. Jordan Poole's gone. Moses Moody, to me, doesn't look that promising. Uh, Kaminga looks decent, and those were your four guys, so two of them are gone. Uh, we got Chris Paul, who is, a, again, an aging, ailing, injury-prone point guard who slows the game down a lot in the Golden State Warriors just play with so much pace. Uh, they're so quick. Steph Curry... Uh, without the ball, is just running laps around the half court. Same with Clay Thompson. This is a very, very fast team. So stylistically, I don't know how Chris Paul fits in with this team. I don't see him as a starter. I definitely see him running the second unit when Steph is not in the game. So there you have Chris Paul not playing as many minutes as he needs to. Steph Curry neither. But together, I don't see Chris Paul running the point and Steph at the two and Clay at the three and Dre at the four and Kaminga at the five. That could be their lineup. And to me, that's a very, very small lineup. What was the problem that they had in these playoffs against the Lakers? The size. Outside of Kevon Looney, they couldn't do it. The Lakers were bigger. They had a Vanderbilt and Rui and AD and LeBron. Very big guys compared to the Warriors. So they doubled down on their size. They punted now on the future to try to win now in the last few years of Steph's career. So I'll give it to them. Again, I don't think Chris Paul fits. But now that this trade has happened, to me it's very safe to say that the Warriors are now going to resign Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. Uh, Draymond Green, of course, opted out. I think he was an entertain offers. Um, I still, as I said yesterday, that incident with Jordan Poole, I thought still lingered. So now you get Jordan Poole up out of there. And now I think they will sign Draymond Green. And I think it helps because Chris Paul is one year left on his deal. Uh, and, you know, Draymond can now uh, take that money that, you know, Jordan Poole was going to be acquiring for the next three years or so. Clay uh, will be fine. So for the Warriors... They're in on winning now, and again, this to me is not a move that moves the needle upwards for them. For the war, uh, Wizards, I think it's good. I think Jordan Poole needed a change of scenery. Uh, I think the numbers with Steph out, he averages like 26 points a game and five assists. So he's very good, and I think he can be a very good player in this league. He had an unfortunate, very cold playoff streak that I think was detrimental uh, to him and this trade that eventually occurred. Uh, but for the Wizards, I'd probably give this trade in A, considering they got Jordan Poole. They got a protected first-round pick. I don't think the Warriors will be any good in 2030. So who knows what will happen then again. That's seven years away. And then again, that 2027 second-round pick as well. So there we go. There we have it. And then for Chris Paul, this is interesting. 
because there was kind of a a little rivalry between Steph and CP3 a while ago when Chris was on the Rockets and you know Chris Paul and Steph Curry broke his ankles on the Clippers and you know it kind of just seemed to be like a little rivalry and then this year on the Suns Chris Paul was you know Steph goes absolutely berserk bananas from three from distance and he makes an and one I think on uh Chris Paul, and he says this ain't 2014 no more. So to me, this is interesting. You also have the Chris Paul fake laugh with Steve Kerr. Uh, Very interesting. I know Chris Paul wants to win a ring. I don't think he wins a ring here in uh, Golden State. Moving on to the Suns. The Suns finalized. Their trade with the, now I forget what team it was, the Wizards. There we go. So the full trade details, again, have uh, come out. So the Phoenix Suns officially, for Bradley Beal, um, traded six second-round picks and four first-round pick swaps. So they do not own a single draft pick until the next decade, until 2030. They only own one draft pick for the next seven years, again, until 2030, and that's number 52 tonight. Now, what do I mean by that and by pick swaps? Um, So with that being said, again, they don't have the right to that pick. So again, if it's the Wizards you're swapping with, again, you'll probably keep, you know, most of your own. Um, again, if the pick is worse, again, you're just saying that the Wizards have control of that pick if they wanted to swap. So you really can't move that pick, uh, again, like they can this one tonight. And maybe they'll try to make one more trade for pick number 52. Um but you just look at it. They gave um, all their first-round picks from 2023 to 2029 to Brooklyn. Uh, all of their pick swaps, the alternate year. So, again, you can't trade picks in, um, you know, back-to-back years. So, 2023, 20, 20, 25, 27, 29, go to Brooklyn for KD. The 24, 26, 28, 30 swaps are with Washington. The seconds are 2024 to 2028 to Washington, uh, the 29 to OKC, and the 30 to Washington. So that, to me, is just insane. Uh, So, again, I doubled down on this yesterday, that championship or bust now with these trade uh, details becoming official. Yeah, they need to win a championship minimum Two years. That to me is all the time they have. There's a time now. The time was officially, you know, the hourglass clock was set when they traded for KD. Basically, have three rotations. One rotation is done now. I know it was NBA trade deadline. He didn't play 20 games. So now you get a full camp with KD and Bill. So you're hoping in the new coach that, hey, you do this. But now you only have two rotations left to win, I believe, with this roster. Um, 
You can't trade any of the draft picks except tonight. So both best package you can do for any player is DeAndre Aiden and the pick tonight for um, any other rotation player or building out depth. That is it. So um, once that happens, once that's official, um, you know, once we get past tonight, you know, then it'll just be Aiden. That will be it. And I don't think the Suns are finding the value they want for Aiden. Next up, Middleton. Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee Bucks opted out of his $40 million player option and will become a free agent. Um, This year, he was kind of plagued with injuries, again, towards ACL or MCL last year um, during the second-round series of the Boston Celtics. Spent the majority of the offseason and first half of the season rehabbing, um, you know, missed the final, um, you know, few games of a regular season. Had, had just had another knee procedure. So, you know, he's turning 32. He is getting older. So, if I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, I would definitely try to sign him. Um, I don't think, you know, he's shot. Um, I think, again, we just saw Jamal Murray two years removed finally look like himself this year. I think same situation with Chris Middleton. If you can get him on a cheaper deal than $40 million, that would be huge to try to re-sign other players such as Brooks Lopez and add in some other depth and retool. I think that would be huge if you can keep Chris Middleton at a cheaper option. Um, I am all for that. Next up. NBA draft again is tonight. And Victor Wimbanyama is going to be the first round pick. It's widely known that that will be going to happen. Uh, not even smart like betting on him. A uh, $60,000 bet was placed on Wimby to be the first overall pick a couple days ago. That bet would cash out $60,000. And sixty thousand three hundred dollars, so you only win three hundred dollars of a sixty thousand dollar bet that is placed. What does that mean? That Victor Wembanyama going number one is the most sure thing to happen. I don't think there's any current universe in the multiverse in which Wembanyama does not go number one. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Now the question is, how good will he be? That's what I'm hearing. Uh, on a lot of, you know, sports radio shows is projecting him out. Since he is, you know, arguably what people are saying, the greatest draft prospect since LeBron James. So all the comparisons now are to LeBron James, and will he one day be in the conversation of the GOAT? So some people are saying his ceiling is being the greatest of all time, his floor is that of Greg Oden, if he's an Anthony Davis or an Akeem, his career is a disappointment. So how good will he be? Um, So for the majority of the first few years of his career, again, probably the next seven, he's going to have to deal with the Jokic's, the Giannis's, the Embiid's, you know, those big guys. He's going to have to uh, show to the NBA players, the fans that, he is among that class of big men that 
he is going to be part of that big three to make it a big four. That's his first step. The first step is to dethrone those guys, uh, win multiple championships, MVPs. And I see him winning MVPs and championships. However, I don't see him winning in San Antonio. Now, he was happy to go to San Antonio, uh, you know, Manu Giannobili and other, you know, uh, Patty Mills and Boris Diaw and, you know, other international great players have had success there in San Antonio. But that was in the past. Uh, their last great player was Kawhi Leonard. He obviously did not like San Antonio, the way he was dealt with, and he left because we are now in the player empowerment era, power to the players. They can force their way out, trade, kind of, they have a lot of dictation on their future, which is good for them. Uh, You should be able to have that. Um, So with that being said, Greg Popovich being an older coach, I think he, you know, will install good fundamentals in Wimbanyama, a la Tim Duncan, whose nickname was the fundamental, the big fundamental. But Wimbanyama isn't your typical fundamental power forward or center. He isn't like a Tim Duncan. He's, you know, he's good defense, but I don't think he's built like Tim Duncan. Offensively, much greater than Tim Duncan's skill set. Um, so if Popovich is going to, you know, be Pop and coach him hard like Belichick coaches his players, I think there could be a little resentment. I think Wimbanyama, again, doesn't finish his career in San Antonio unless San Antonio fires Coach Popovich. And, you know, Popovich has said that, you know, I'm going to go out when Duncan goes out and get his initial round of players. And here he is, you know, close to 10 years later, still going. So it's interesting, and I don't see him winning a finals, Wimbanyama, with Greg Popovich. Let me rephrase that. Not with the Spurs, not with Greg Popovich. Other NBA news. So Brandon Miller, uh, I believe it was yesterday, um, yeah, yesterday, said that his GOAT, was Paul George, PG-13. He said, it's not LeBron, it's PG-13. And, you know, I had a great laugh out of that. And then, you know, yesterday, Woj reported, you know, it was widely known that, hey, Brandon Miller's probably going to be the second-round pick to the Charlotte Hornets, which is still officially owned by Michael Jordan. Yes, he made the sale. It's not completed. So he will be making the draft picks tonight and handling free agency until that trade's completed. So since he has said that his odds to go with number one pick, he was the favorite to go number one, has now shifted. And Brandon Miller, he is now the favorite to go third. And Scoot Henderson is now the favorite to go two. So, of course, there's all these memes from the last dance. You know, Michael Jordan, after hearing Brandon Miller say Paul George is his GOAT, I took that personally, uh, laughing it. And if he doesn't get pick number two when it's been widely known, I thought, for the past couple weeks that, hey, they have LaMelo, they'll go out and get Brandon Miller. If they pick Scoot Anderson and MJ's parting gift is you're not playing on this team um, that, you know, I bought is a player and have owned it for 20 years, 
if he does that to the Hornets in the new regime, I will die laughing tonight as I'm watching the draft. And if he goes doesn't go number two because of those comments, that would be, I think, one of the most hilarious things in NBA draft history. Now, to me, it's funny because you could have answered that question a multitude of ways. Um, if I was looking to be picked number two by the Hornets by Michael Jordan, probably would have said Michael Jordan. Maybe would have said, you know, if you're a LeBron fan or other old greats, you could have said them. But Paul George is the GOAT when Paul George has never won a ring. Now, to me, again, and I've said this on multiple podcasts, the word GOAT, it's overused. You, they use it for everything. Uh, but to say my GOAT, don't say that. Rephrase that to my favorite. Because my favorite sounds a lot different than my goat. With my goat is the greatest of all time. My favorite player, my personal preference. Oh, Paul George, you know, you sneeze at it, you say, okay, you know, maybe that's what he models his game after, that's what he likes. But to say goat in the same sentence as Paul George? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This could, this might cost him. Again, if he told me in a draft meeting, that his goat was Paul George, I probably wouldn't draft him. No joke, no lie. Wouldn't be drafting that man. Now let's touch on some NFL. So this was mentioned, I think, like a week ago. Uh, but Dalvin Cook says he would like to team up with D-Hop, said that would be epic. It would be epic. For a team that wants two old veterans. Uh, and again, the other question is what team can afford them? Uh, Dalvin Cook was talking about not signing a contract into July. Um, OTAs and camps have started. Half of them are done. July is kind of the last round until preseason. You don't want to wait that long. So who can sign them for needs? So Buffalo, to me, again, I thought could get Dalvin Cook and D-Hop. That would be huge to me. That would bolt them back to favorites of the AFC East and right into that class again with the Bengals and Chiefs. That would be huge if they could get out and get both of them. New England, of course, I think would be big considering they don't have a true number one running back or receiver. Getting him, the development of Mac Jones, that would help. Uh, again, two teams in the AFC East. New England, then maybe they wouldn't be the bottom dweller of a division. They'd say, hey, Rest of the three, we're not quitting. I think with Bill O'Brien adding more offensive weapons for him is huge. Now that he's back in New England, um, AFC North, again, I don't think Cincinnati needs a Baltimore. Uh, could be interesting, uh, but again, they have Odell. They've drafted a lot of wide receivers. Don't see a huge necessity there. Pittsburgh, Najee Harris, Cleveland, Nick Chubb, uh, Jacksonville, um, they have Travis Etienne. They got Calvin Ridley in weapons. Um, Tennessee, they got Derrick Henry, Indiana, Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor. Texans, Damian Pierce, who I think is a terrific running back. They could use D-Hop, though. Uh, reunite them there. Kansas City, that offense is set. Chargers, Austin Eckler, very good on weapons, too. Vegas, Josh Jacobs. Uh, Denver, that could be interesting. I would like that pairing there. Uh, but I believe Javante Williams is coming back first game of the year for Denver, and I think they are really high on him. 
So that's still really two teams still in the AFC, NFC. Philadelphia is set with A.J. Brown and Swift in their committee. Uh, Cowboys, I believe, are good as well um, with C.D. Lamb. Now, you could get Dalvin Cook since Tony Pollard uh, is still injured with that fractured fibula. Giants, Saquon, Washington, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, they got weapons, Minnesota, um, Justin Jefferson, Detroit, um, drafted Jameer Gibbs, and got Amon Raj, Jameson Williams, Green Bay, um, Aaron Jones, Dylan, AJ Dillon, Chicago, we just got DJ Moore, uh, Tampa Bay, um, again, their wide receiver group, I think, is set, Carolina, um, same with them, New Orleans, um, I think they're good in the wide receiver market. Atlanta, uh, they got Brian Robinson. San Francisco would not use use utilize them, use them. Seattle's good. Uh, Rams potentially, I think, would be a very good fit. That would signal that hey, we're not done yet. And then Arizona, of course, is out of the equation because that was where D Hop was just at. So we'll see who wants those two older veteran players. Then, in other news, Jet safety Chuck Clark tore his ACL and is out for the season. To me, this was big news. Now, it wasn't monumental, um, but to me, it, I don't like players getting injured in camps and preseason. I don't like that sign of that happening. Um, you know, I don't like news getting out of that. If you can stay relatively injury-free through training camp and preseason – you're in a good spot to start the season. You know, when Ryan Jensen tore his ACL for the Bucks, the center last year, and their offensive line and players were going down in training camp, it was, you know, uh-oh, I, uh, I don't like the feel of this very much. But the Jets did sign Adrian Amos safety in response to that, but they had high hopes for him and Jordan Whitehead, the safety pairing. But we will see. Won't impact it too much, but it is something to me to look out for because sometimes, you know, things just don't break and go your way, and that easily could happen. But this has been Unbothered. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And NBA draft on tonight, we will see Wimby go number one, and we'll see who goes two. Talk to you all tomorrow. Bye, everybody.